Welcome to the Black Mind Garden, the podcast that helps you remap your mind and retrain your brain and be more flexible and fluent in your life. This podcast is about planting new seeds that help you remap your mind so that you can master your inner voice, expand your listening and communication, and produce unimaginable results in your life. I am your host, Dr. Maisha. Hey, have you ever thought about learning NLP or hypnosis or even being a coach? Even if you simply learn the skills of coaching, it could come in handy everywhere and in every area of your life. Our mind remapping NLP coach training will give you mastery over language, helping you to improve your confidence, communication, coaching, and leadership. So if you're committed to removing unconscious blocks so you can consciously elevate your performance in every area of life, join our next training. Schedule and training interest call at remapmymind.today. That's remapmymind.today. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Black Mind God Garden podcast where we are remapping minds so you can create a life you design. Now, I'm super excited because you you all know if you follow me, if you've listened to past podcasts that I had moved last season to a solo format and I missed having amazing conversations with amazing people, amazing conversations with amazing people. So now I'm bringing back the guests and one of one of my firsts is one of my favorites, Dr. Donna G, MD, and she is the owner of the company Female Matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we affectionately call her Yorgani Guru. Yes. And we are talking today about how menopause is not the beginning of old age, but the beginning of our best age. And I have to say, I love this topic because although I may not look like it, <laughs> I'm on the cusp. It's so all welcome. good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so glad to be here because I keep trying to get off the cusp, but every now and then there's an egg that tries to jump out and I'm like, really? Right. We got to start over again. Right. Every time you try to get out, they keep pulling you back. Every time, just trying to pull me back, trying to pull me back. And I'm getting too old to get pulled back. I'm just like, look, I'm over it. Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm just at the beginning. And so I'm at that stage. Now, so for the ladies who are in this stage, you know what I'm talking about, where, you know, you, you're just starting to get some irregularity mm-hmm. and you're just starting to get a night sweat or two or a flash <laughs> or two and you're not sleeping, no. <laughs> you know, no. like you're used to waking yes. up multiple times a night, can't go to yes. sleep, laying in the bed, looking at the ceiling, yes. right? And so I'm kind of like at that phase at the beginning where, you know, I know I have a ways to go, right? Okay. I have a ways to go. But before we jump right into it, I really want people to know you and who okay. you are and, you know, why this matters to you. Like what has had you start Female Matters and become our gynae guru? Okay, that's fair enough. So I, I, I'm a physician, I'm an OBGYN, and I put in 28 years of clinical practice. Um, probably the last 10 years of that practice, I really had a focus on menopause. I did a lot of bioidentical hormones and especially when I discovered, not discovered, like I invented them, but became introduced to bioidentical hormones Mm -hmm. and really start to get a sense of what it's bringing to the table over other things. It certainly became my preference 
-hmm. in terms of what I did for patients that needed and wanted hormonal therapy. Mm -hmm. But I had plenty of patients who didn't want hormonal therapy. They wanted something herbal. Um, I had already done some training in integrative holistic medicine. So I was comfortable addressing that from that point of view as well. Mm -hmm. And I had plenty of patients that didn't want anything. They wanted reassurance or they wanted to get through it naturally and whatnot. And, and all of that was fine. Mm -hmm. And one of the hallmarks in my, in my practice was that I meet you where you're at. I love it. Okay. So make a decision mm -hmm. about what you want to do as, mm -hmm. and I used to tell my patients that resonates with your spirit. Yeah. I'm not here to tell you, you have to be on hormones or you have to be on herbs or you can't be on hormones. None of that. I, mm -hmm. I need to figure out where you're at and what mm -hmm. you need. Do mm -hmm. you need immediate relief? Mm -hmm. Do you have significant risk mm -hmm. factors? So all of those things, that's what I did in the practice. Yeah. The main thing that I did, however, was not pay attention and prioritize my own health. So mm -hmm. I've had an autoimmune disorder for 20 years and it started rearing its ugly head mm -hmm. in 2018. And by 2019, I was shutting down the practice mm -hmm. and closing clinically. Right. So once I finished sleeping the rest of 2019 away and kind of recovering and, and really getting my bearings and then yeah. the, the pandemic hit <laughs> and I got a chance to love on my only child like a mom in postpartum where nobody's bothering me. I just have him and me and yeah. I can just love on him. And then once that kind of got old for both of us, <laughs> right. once we had enough loving and bonding, right. you know, it's just time to start getting back to something. And I, I'm like, I'm too young to do nothing. Mm -hmm. I was never one to want to do any, nothing. Mm -hmm. And so what could I do to leverage my experience and my expertise? And one thing about my patients that always struck me, the main thing they needed was information because they didn't have it. Yeah. They didn't know. Yeah. They really didn't know. I mean, even some of the basics they didn't know. And, it, and it's because there's nobody talking about menopause mm -hmm. really kind of freely and accurately and, and kind of objectively. Mm -hmm. It's not the end of the world. So I'm not into gloom and doom that, mm -hmm. oh, you're menopausal and it's horrible. And let me get mm -hmm. you on hormones and blah, 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 blah. You know, we went through a phase where we put everybody on hormones. Yeah. And that was a disaster. <laughs> right. You know, there were benefits, but it was a disaster. Yeah. Then the pendulum swung in the opposite direction. Oh, hormones are going to cause you cancer. Nobody ever get on hormones. So then all the primary care folks stopped giving hormones yeah. and folks were bouncing into the office. Oh my God, I can't function. I've been on hormones for years. And, and so it really was an individual thing. So I wanted to bring information. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring support mm -hmm. and I wanted to put out there really like a resource that you could depend on to just go to and talk about, okay, maybe I need a little bit of information. Maybe I need to hear other women that are going through the same issue. Right. I need to know that I'm not by myself. Cause I think that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. Women assume they're the only ones struggling. Yeah. Cause again, nobody's talking. Right. And I assure you, you're not the only one struggling. Absolutely. What if you're not struggling and it feels fine? You're not the only one that menopause mm -hmm. did not bother you that much. Mm -hmm. You know, what if you want to um, run down the person on the side of the street because you're so angry that day? Unfortunately, you're not the only person that feels like that. <laughs> I'm glad to know that. <laughs> we don't talk about the mood changes. We don't. 
and you hear people, oh, I'm so emotional, whatnot. How about I could bite off a head every minute and chew on it and be moderately satisfied? That was my first manifestation. You know, people who know me and who've known me for a long time know that I'm pretty laid back, mm -hmm. mostly like a beat. Mm -hmm. But I started having these like rage moments and I was never really an angry person. And I was like, <laughs> what is wrong with me? I mean, I thought initially, you know, that the um, family medicine, I'm like, oh, this is an atypical manifestation of depression. <laughs> right. You know, maybe I need to look at my life. Yeah. And it, for a long time, I was like, something's wrong with me. Like, what's wrong with me? And then it occurred to me, like, I think I, what it was is I had a, I had a hot flash mm -hmm. and then I was like, oh, wait a mm -hmm. second. Right. Moods. Right. Hot flash. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I always describe it like an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. That I am biting somebody's head off in a situation I would never react like that, especially on a professional exactly. level. Exactly. I would never mm -hmm. react to whatever got done. And and typically it was somebody doing or saying something bonehead. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, I would never react. Mm -hmm back to them with that same or usually much greater meaner energy <laughs> and be out of control. Mm -hmm. And that same part of you is looking out and saying, uh, what are you doing? You mm -hmm. need to back off. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. It, right. It's like losing control of yourself. Mm -hmm. So I said saying it, that doesn't mean you're crazy. It just means that sometimes you feel that way because you're out of, you're not able to control you. Yes. In a manner that you were accustomed to controlling mm -hmm. you. That's right. And it's funny for me, that was the main symptom that bothered me and derailed me. Mm -hmm. The hot flashes, I stayed hot all the time. And when I tell you I stayed hot, I felt like I was 140 degrees. 24 hours a day, mm. seven days a week. Mm -hmm. But I had control of the thermostats in my house and in my office. Mm -hmm. And so literally turned <laughs> my thermostat down to like 68. Oh my gosh. 70. <laughs> I, we added sweaters to the uniform of my employees. Yes. Cause I mean, we're in Florida who needs sweaters. Right. Well, we needed sweaters when right. Dr. Ivory went through menopause, <laughs> let me tell you. And I bought them all space heaters for their workstation. Aww, That's yeah. how cold my office was. Right. And my patients would complain in the waiting room, but we would reassure them. It's like, look, we're all happier if Dr. Ivory is not hot. Once <laughs> you get in the exam room, there's a heater for you as well. So literally there were space heaters in the exam room. They can make it as hot as they want it to. Cause I told mm -hmm. them, I said, you need to make it comfortable for you. Cause I can come in the room while we do the exam and survive. Mm -hmm. But when I came out of the room, it better not be hot in that hall. <laughs> you know, when I'm sitting at my office, it better not be hot. Right. So that didn't bother me though. I didn't feel derailed. Mm -hmm. But when I screamed at a patient's husband on the phone, now he said something ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But that's not the first time a patient's husband was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But that was the first time I screamed and hollered and was going back and forth with him. I mean, he even gasped. He was so surprised and shocked mm -hmm. that I came back at him like he mm -hmm. came at me. It was mm -hmm. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't me. Mm. And I'm just like, oh my God, I need to do something because I cannot function like this. Yeah. Now- you know, I got I to gotta point this out for the people out there who are the ladies 
who are not doctors, here we have two doctors, one in OBGYN, this way, yes. <laughs> right? Who is sharing this personal experience, right? And I think it's important because I think sometimes we get put on pedestals like, oh, we don't experience these types of things. We just float through life right. so easily. And especially the OBGYNs that know about this stuff, they have all the tools to manage it. But the truth is, you know, our humanity does show from time to time, mm -hmm. all the time, every set, every day, 24 seven, right? And while we learn, we have the tools to manage it, to deal with it, that doesn't mean we don't experience life. Right. Right. And we don't, yes. and that's the same thing, like with my work in NLP and communication, it's like, just because I teach and know, and, and I talk about emotional intelligence and emotional flexibility, it doesn't mean that I don't fall off the rails sometimes, you know, okay. it's just you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, stressed, <laughs> those things yes. catch you unexpectedly. Yes. Then, so I had to, I had to point that out because I think it's very important that as women, mm -hmm. we, that's the culture. That's the, you yes. know, we are a unit and we have to give each other grace and space and understand yes. that we go through these, these processes. And, and it's funny because I never expected to be on hormones mm -hmm. because I never tolerated birth control pills. Mm -hmm. There's cancers in my family. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I needed it. So mm -hmm. it's not that I hadn't gone through menopausal changes mm -hmm. previous years, but man, when I tell you when that incident happened, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, something's got to give. Right. And I was just like, you know, I need to at least try the bioidentical hormones mm -hmm. because I can't keep doing this. It, it, that was for sure. Right. right. So I put myself on the same regimen that I put most of my patients on and it was like a damn miracle. Yes. I, I was like, what? I mean, three days later, I was just like, how have I been giving everybody else a miracle pill and I'm not taking it? Right. And it was fabulous. I loved it, but I only stayed on hormones about a year and a half mm -hmm. because I was struggling to tolerating the progesterone levels. Mm -hmm which was always the reason I never tolerated birth control pills. Mm -hmm. There's no way I was going to run around with estrogen and testosterone by itself right. because I had a uterus and mm -hmm. history of cancer in the family. And, right. and so I wasn't going to take that cancer risk. Right. Um, and so I stopped the hormones after mm -hmm. about 18 months. Mm -hmm. And did I feel as good off the hormones as I did on them? I didn't. Mm -hmm. But did I go back to where I was? Nowhere close. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I mean, literally it was nowhere close. And, and that's an important feature that I always talk to a lot of patients about. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to go to hormones because they felt like they had to stay on them forever. Right. And it doesn't mean that I didn't have patients that stayed on them forever, but that's because they chose to stay on them forever. Right. And the ones who didn't want to stay on them forever, we talked about, I need to get you back to where life is normal and you feel like yourself again. Right. That you feel like you're not being derailed or that you can't predict mm -hmm. when you're going to be off the rails versus not. Right. And some of us have jobs where that's not okay. You yep. can't come in one day and be off the rails. That's right. I can't go operate and be off the rails. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I live here in Central Florida on the East Coast. So, I mean, literally, I, my office was like two blocks from the river across from Kennedy Space Center. Mm -hmm. 
some of those ladies, they can't be going in there derailed, you know, mm -hmm. being derailed and you've got a major launch and you mm -hmm. can't be making mistakes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. If you're an executive secretary for somebody, you can't be getting derailed and you can't manage their schedule. I right. mean, you know, so there are women whose jobs and realities and lives are such that they can't be getting derailed unpredictably. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, you know, it's interesting as we talk about this and, you know, uh, looking at the title of the of the conversation, like yeah. the beginning of our best age. And I want I want to kind of like begin to touch on that because we have, you know, we, we come into this, this and whatever age you start. And I think that right. we used to say in practice, people be like, well, when am I going to start my enterprise? And I always like, what, what age is your mother? I don't know if that's an age old myth or if that's a real thing. No, it's not a myth. That's real. That's a real thing. Um, yeah. You know, what age did your mother start? Because it's going to be about that time. And I remember when I started having like these symptoms, mm -hmm. I had to go back and ask my mom, like, when did it start for you? And it was mm -hmm. like early forties, like, mm -hmm. you know, my son mm -hmm. is eight and I remember he was two when I started experiencing them. And I was okay. like, he's two, like, I can't be like this with a two, I, around a two year old. <laughs> like, it's just, no, cause he's two, like he doesn't understand, sure. you know? So I can't be raging in the presence of around, you know, at a two year old, it just doesn't work. Okay. So I asked right. when I, so I have it a teenager. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> yeah. Puberty, puberty and menopause was a very interesting combination. Ooh, I bet. I right. bet. Ooh. Yes. Well, <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, <laughs> there's a whole conversation around uh, motherhood, yes. boy momhood. Yes. There's like a whole conversation about that, right? Whole conversation about boy momhood. Yes. We will have that conversation. That let, we need to write that down. Yeah, Boy, yes, that's gonna be a that's gonna be another session. It is. <laughs> I'm writing it down now. Yeah. Um, because I think it is an important conversation to talk about how we mother our boys. And mm -hmm. I'm a single mother, and I'm very, you know, I'm always very interested in talking with other moms and dads sure. about mothering, mothering, or I said I'm mothering, raising mm -hmm. young black boys to be men and how the various dynamics of that, but not yeah. to derail us. You know, <laughs> I can go down that rabbit hole real fast. I, I would be right down there with you. We, yes. We're going to call it a to be continued. I wrote it down. We're going to schedule it. We're going to do it. In mm -hmm. New Year. Cause you, but, you know how, you know how I am about my junior. <laughs> I do. I do. And you know, I got my eight year old, my yes. little mini me. Yes. So, but you know, this thing about it being the best age. And, and I mm -hmm. think that so when I started the symptoms and when I realized, oh, this is the beginning of the change, <laughs> you know, yes, yes. The change. It, there was a, there was a little bit of a grief process that began mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. you know, like men tie certain things to their manhood, women tie certain things to their womanhood. Okay. Society and, does. It's not just men and women. Society yeah. does. Society. Yeah. yeah. The society, the collective, right? Yes. The collective of men, the collective and society and societal that. And so even having been a, an integrated medicine doc like you, mm -hmm. and, and I don't know if, I don't know if you knew this about me, but that was one of the things that I did in my practice. One of the main things I did in my practice was menopausal, you know, menopausal, um, women and bioidentical hormones. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, you know, I was kind of known for that in my, my okay. little Atlanta community and men too, with low T, yeah. um, did, did a lot of that. So mm -hmm. it, to be able to understand, Oh, I'm getting ready to go through what, with my patients went through and to also understand, but you know what? I gave my patients life back. That means 
you know, this is this is not going to necessarily be the end of a story for me, which right. is why I love the title that you came up with, which is like, this is this is the beginning of something oh, yes. new, right? It's oh, a yes. beginning of a transition, yes. But, yes. but the question is, what are you transitioning to? Like, you can either see it as transitioning into <laughs> old womanhood, or <laughs> right? Or you can see it as, oh, I'm about to be a woman boss, you know? <laughs> yes. It, and society, part of it is society says that we're old, that, that now we're old. Yes, yes. And a lot of that comes from when the average length of life was in the 60s. So that would be old. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's one thing. Mm -hmm. There's not a huge collective history beyond... I would say my, our grandmother and great grandmothers, I would say beyond our grandmothers mm -hmm. where women live to be this long, this age, mm -hmm. women died from childbirth, right? Women died from cervical cancer at significant ages. And remember a lot of people died in childhood. So yeah. you had to not die from infection in childhood, which mm -hmm. was a big deal, mm -hmm. even in the U S until about the fifties, mm -hmm. it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And we don't know that. We don't have a collective memory of that. We think of that as third world stuff. That mm -hmm. stuff didn't go away in the U.S. until about the 50s wow. and, yeah. and the 60s. And then you get the vaccines in the 60s and the 70s. Mm -hmm. And you really reduce the disability and the debility coming out of childhood from infectious disease. Mm -hmm. And then you get to where I think the early 80s was mm -hmm. the lowest maternal mortality the U.S. Mm -hmm. has ever had. Right. Um, it was like 7.8%. And mm -hmm. it was extremely low. And for African American women, usually it's about double. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was it was running at 12, 13, 14%. Mm -hmm. And that's when they had driven all the deliveries they could into hospitals. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, that's before we started all eating processed foods and our health parameters went to hell. Mm -hmm. And so now, what 50 years later we have almost a doubling of maternal mortality rates mm -hmm. on average in the U.S. And mm -hmm. that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. But women used to routinely die in childbirth. Mm -hmm. Women were having six and eight babies. And the more babies you had, the more risk you had mm -hmm. of dying in childbirth. So pap smears came around in the 50s. Women didn't die from cervical cancer by 40 anymore. Mm -hmm. And so getting to menopause is a prize. Yeah. It is an accomplishment. Right. And now we're talking about a life expectancy in our 80s and mm -hmm. 90s. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about another 30 years of life. Mm -hmm. And now we don't have hormones going up and down. Right. We don't have the risks of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. We have the life experiences to be making choices that don't include me being last on my priority list. Right. And now we have a hormonal background that encourages us to start thinking about ourselves. Yes. And so that. that's why it's the best age. So yes, there are a lot of changes. I'm mm -hmm. not going to minimize the importance and the intensity mm -hmm. of menopause. Mm -hmm. But I always tell people, go back and think about puberty. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a bad puberty. I can't tell you when it started and when it really ended. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You just know you're in transition. And then mm-hmm. at some point, you know, you're there. Right. And I think about, I encourage people to think about menopause like that. I've had so many people, like when I did Clubhouse a lot in, in 2021, so many ladies were, well, am I premenopausal or postmenopausal or perimenopausal? I said, don't try to live up to a label. Right. I like that. There, you know, because there, there's no way I can tell you where you are in menopause. Mm-hmm. I can tell you when you're in transition and I can tell you when you're likely in the early stages versus the late stages, mm-hmm. but I can't give you a date to start and a date that you're going to end. And guess what? It's okay. Yeah. Because life doesn't do that. Right. What we need to do is get to that, get through this transition understanding where am I going to be when my hormone levels are now low? Mm-hmm. So my estrogen levels will be low because my body will not manufacture significant amounts of estrogen. Right. My progesterone level will be gone because if you don't ovulate, women don't produce progesterone. Mm-hmm. My testosterone levels, believe it or not, are going to be about the same. Mm-hmm. But because they're not getting buffered by estrogen and progesterone cycles, then we see more of the effect of testosterone. Mm-hmm. And that's where the hair growth and the acne on, you know, the hair growth in the face, the acne, mm-hmm. believe it or not, some women are having a, a surge mm-hmm. in desire mm-hmm. during this time frame. Mm-hmm. A lot of women are having a decrease in desire, but the testosterone side starts to show. Right. Because there's nothing buffering it. Right. And for the first time in like 40 years, really for the first time in our lives, because before puberty, we weren't manufacturing hormones. Yeah. It's not like men where there are low levels of testosterone, even in in boys. Girls do not manufacture hormone until they ovulate. Mm -hmm. So now we have the same hormone level every day Mm -hmm. for the next 30 to 40 years. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lovely reframe, right? It's a lovely yes. reframe to think about because, you know, instead of thinking of, of it as a loss, right? what we've essentially done is reframed it to, it's, it's simply a new phase. It is. And it's a phase where there's a lot more stability. <laughs> yes. In or a lot if of ways. not, we should be getting there. Right. Yeah. Like in a lot of ways, we're moving towards a different phase, another phase or a phase of stability, physiologically speaking. Oh, yes. And and also a phase of life. Yes. That accompanies that of, you know, that wisdom, the the Mm -hmm. not really caring what other people, you know, that, you know, like there's a wisdom that comes with that phase. And so when we began to think about what menopause really is, mm-hmm. it really is that transition into this wisdom phase of life. And so many women have never put themselves first, don't have a concept of my needs need to get met. Mm-hmm. And so they're really thrown off by this phase when, when we start talking about, well, you need to pay attention to yourself. Yeah. Or they're having to make these, the evolution in their relationships. Mm -hmm. Their children are gone from home. Mm -hmm. And so that role of mother Mm -hmm. changes Mm -hmm. because 
the adults don't need you to mother them like they're five years old anymore. Mm-hmm. And are you willing to make that transition? Yeah. Do you yeah. look to be the grandmother that helps take care of your kid, the, the grandkids, or the grandmother that now is my time mm-hmm. and I need to travel and I need to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. And all of those things are the correct decision if it's the right decision for you. That's why I always use that phrase, making a decision that resonates with your spirit. Mm-hmm. It's not for me to tell you. Mm-hmm. It's not for me to tell you what, what will satisfy yourself emotionally and spiritually mm-hmm. in this phase of your life. Right. When childbearing is done, mm-hmm. it's done. The fertility phase is gone. Yeah. And that's the only reason to have those high, constantly cycling hormones. It supports fertility. Mm-hmm. When that part is done, it doesn't mean your life is over. Yeah. And that was a conversation we had with several women because they were just like, well, what am I supposed to do? And I was like, you're more than just what goes in and out of your vagina. Mm-hmm. And that rocked a couple of ladies. Mm-hmm. That th- It was just never, it never occurred to them because yeah. that was their identity. Yeah. I'm not feminine anymore if I'm not having a period. I can assure you the majority of my patients never thought that, but plenty did. Right. And so I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying that there is a breadth of outlooks. Mm-hmm. There is a wide range of attitudes. And we really adopt the attitudes that our moms, that our families give us, mm-hmm. the women in our families give us, if they were fortunate enough to live long enough for us to witness them going through the change. Right. But they never talked about it. You think I ever had a conversation with my grandmother about menopause? Uh, Listen, I never had a conversation uh, with my mom about sex, period. That didn't happen. None of that. (laughs) None of that happened. None of that happened. You know, it's just like, you know, here's some, here's some. Now I did get the book, Our Bodies, Our Lives. My mom did give me that book, but I had to read that book. Like, it wasn't like read the book and have a conversation about it. And I also grew up in the in the in the arena where we had sex ed so then there was yes. like i got that piece yes but never with my family did i have that conversation yes um and, it, and i don't remember shame yeah no no but their just, families were shame where shame is a part of of course of course you know it just, it, it just was absent it was just absent and from absent dialogue is what it was we didn't talk about because you don't talk about that stuff you don't talk about bruno <laughs> no, no, no. No. Yo, you don't talk about the first time I said vagina at a family function, I thought folks would fall over and die. Yeah. And this is when I'm a doctor. At this point, this is me being a physician. And I said something, telling some story about residency. And I said vagina and one or two people got up and left the room. <laughs> there were gasps. And I don't have a family that's funny acting about those kind of things, but you start getting into territories where you did not hear conversation about that growing up. Mm-hmm. And you then you start these kind of conversations and then you find out. Because mm-hmm. it's silence. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even know what people think. They're just, we just don't talk about it. We say, we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. We don't talk about periods. We don't talk, we don't about, talk about vaginas. We talk about penises. We don't talk. We don't about, talk about penises. We don't talk about sex. We no, don't about, we don't talk about that. Not until somebody gets pregnant. And even somebody that, we don't talk about that. Or whatever. <laughs> right. We talk about STDs. STIs, no, we don't talk about now, STDs. Right? I mean, you know, we don't talk about those things in a practical manner. Right. We don't talk about sexual identity. No. Oh, Let me no, tell you, we, this new generation of kids, boy. Woo. Yeah, they, I, they're 
you know, you got you you got to admire them because they are like, um, what's the word that I want to uh, that I want to use? Expressive, like fully expressed, they something are. that we we were not. Right. You know, something that, or at least I can say, I right. grew up not being fully expressed. Sure. Being suppressed. I agree. You know, that's the history of it, right? That's yeah, because it's not like we didn't know people who were homosexual or trans or would have been transgender if that was a thing was a growing thing. up, but you just didn't talk about it. Yeah. Or you whispered about it, right. but you didn't really get into any issues about, well, why he... Why do the, why does he and he always hang out? You know, I'm like, uh, yeah. don't worry about it. Stay out of people's business. Right. <laughs> which which I think is not a bad thing anyway, yeah. but it wasn't about ridicule. It wasn't about singling people out, but these kids get exposed to, they're exposed to more by the time they're 10 years old than I even knew at 30. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I have a lot of sympathy for them because they don't have any boundaries mm -hmm. because there are no boundaries that prevented them from being exposed to everything. And that's part of it too. That's and that's when I start realizing I had to explain these things yeah. mm -hmm. to my child. Yeah. That's look, that's again, once again, yes. Whole another conversation of raising kids. Look, I want to, I want to bring it back to, you know, you help, you help women in this capacity, right? You're, right. you're, you're our guiding guru and you help people in this capacity Talk a little bit about, because we're coming up on, you know, time and I, I want to make okay. sure, you know, the audience kind of knows, like, and, and what is it, how do you help your women, you know, really mm -hmm. reframe uh, menopause and really, you know, take a new approach to that? I, I was doing a lot of random things. Uh, I had been on Clubhouse a lot mm -hmm. when we were all stuck at home and that went very well and I loved it because mm -hmm. we could actually have real conversations and I could talk about what it is that scares you. What is it that you don't know? And so how do we then translate that into getting the word out to as many women as possible? Mm -hmm. So I'm starting a, a community mm -hmm. and we're going to do regular content mm -hmm. and then regular calls. But what I want is a support community and information database. Mm -hmm. Because I want you to know what's the normal range for menopause, 45 to 55. Right. And yet I also want you to know that 40 to 45 is usually not worrisome and 55 to 60 is usually not worrisome because there are plenty of women in that age range. Mm -hmm. That the average age of menopause is 51 in the mm -hmm. U.S. Mm -hmm. And so anytime during that time frame, this is when you're going to start having those challenges that mm -hmm. I tell you. What does it mean to be in menopause? Mm -hmm. It's a transition. Right. And how do we define the end of that transition? So right. we give you that concrete objective evidence mm -hmm. and information. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about, we talk about symptoms. Yeah. When our hot flash is not menopause, everything that mm -hmm. happens to us it's in not. that age range, Yeah. we talk about menopause. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about the fact that when we look at menopause, everything that happens in this age range mm -hmm. is not because of hormones. Yeah. We're also hitting 50. And mm -hmm. I said, menopause is our built in midlife crisis. Yeah. Women are going to hit that wall because our hormones are going to hit that wall. That's right. Men are going to go through their little midlife crisis whenever they go through it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And some of that is happening because their hormone levels have start have declined. Yes, yeah. But there's decline over time. Yeah. And it's a different experience. And it's a different experience because men age like fine wine. But we act like women are dried up fruit that fell off the tree when they're aging. I was going to say, and we need to change that paradigm. Right. I was going to say, that's the narrative that men age like fine wine. And what we're coming to realize is that they don't age any better or worse than we do. It's just the narrative, right? And it's it's the the value in society. Yeah. And so we need to change that. You don't see older, uh, you don't see women actors after 40, unless they're old enough to play somebody's grandmother and Mm -hmm. get a great wig put on them so they can play an old beat up grandmother. But Mm -hmm. men can have a full breadth of roles Mm -hmm. throughout Mm -hmm. their lives. And Mm -hmm. we need to change that paradigm. And a lot of that comes from us. So that's one of the reasons I say it's not the beginning of old age. What is your attitude? going in. That's right. That's right. That's right. What's your expectation going in? Yeah. You know, because you just imagine that number one, you don't feel like you're 60. I still feel like the person I was Mm -hmm. it probably in my late thirties, early forties. Right. But the changes physically you can't ignore. And then I'm in a different space in my life. Mm-hmm. But my self-identity, I don't feel old. Right. And I remember asking my aunt when she was in her 70s. And I asked her, what age does she feel? She's like, I feel 40, except my body is not cooperating. She said, mm-hmm. I don't feel old. Yeah. Because age really is an attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you expecting to go sit down somewhere and just die off? Mm-hmm. Are you expecting to grasp life? and make it what's going to be satisfying to you. That's right. So well, I think those are the main things. I love it. I love it. So now, you know, I feel like we've covered a lot. There's so much more to cover, which is why I want my audience to be able to follow you. Yes. So talk to us about, you know, how, first of all, I know you have this mental swag box. Yes. Share a little bit about that and then share yes. with us if people in the audience want to reach out to you, they want mm-hmm. to know about this Meta Swag Box, they want mm-hmm. to be able to see or, or partake of your services. How do they do that? Okay. So I'm doing several things. I have been doing a workshop called Menopause Still Got You, mm-hmm. where we talk about three tips mm-hmm. to help those symptoms. Mm-hmm. And make it, and so you start feeling better so you can get back to doing some of the things that you like to do. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Club Me, Me, Me mm-hmm. is the membership. Mm-hmm. And it's open, but all the content isn't there to do everything weekly. Mm-hmm. But that is one of my big projects mm-hmm. because I want that support network. And I want us to start coming off of Facebook. So for now, I want you to follow me at Dr. Donna GMD on Facebook and on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're going to announce when we have the membership open and ready to have chats. We can have spontaneous, believe it or not, talks like this through the membership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's going to be more private because it's not on Facebook. And then Mm -hmm. you're not going to be so distracted. That database of information is going to be there in the membership. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have the mental swag box available 
during that option, as well as during the Menopause Gotcha workshops. So I want you to follow me on Facebook at Dr. Donna GMD. Mm-hmm. Follow me on Instagram at Dr. Donna GMD because mm-hmm. that's where I announce the next set of links. And we will be doing things over these next two weeks at the end of the year so we can get you ready mm-hmm. for the new year because we're going to end this year the mm-hmm. way we want next year to start. Got it. Got okay? it. Okay. And then uh, I'll announce the podcast a little bit later when when. Yeah. When I have my domain name set up. <laughs> ah. All right. So so we're going to have this information uh, in our show notes. You all, we're going to have this information in our show notes. Yes. And um, one more time, we're following you on Facebook at Dr. Donna GMD. Yes. Correct. And on Instagram as well. Yes. D-R-D-O-N-N-A-G-M-D. And then my email is Dr. Donna GMD at femalematters.com. Excellent. 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 All this will be in the show notes, you all. And I encourage you, share this episode, share it with other women who may be going through this or women who, or daughters who may have moms who are going through this or partners who are dealing with this as well. Or close coworkers. Or close, yeah. (laughs) Share it, share this episode because I think this is a, a wealth of information and um, needs to be, we need to be dialoguing about this. So thank you, Dr. Donna G. My pleasure, my pleasure. on and dialoguing with me. Um, I can't wait to have our, oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, you all, you know, Dr. Donna G and I are doing a crossover podcast. So you're just yes. going to leave it on a cliffhanger there. Yes. We're, we're going to be doing a crossover. So soon and very soon, I will not only be posting this episode, but I will be posting episode of me being on Dr. Donaghy's podcast. So stay tuned on that. Stay tuned yes. on that. All right. Don't forget <laughs> to hit that subscribe button, you all, it. and share the it. podcast with others so that they can know that we are out here transforming lives. Again, thank you, Dr. Donaghy. My pleasure. My pleasure. Dr. Maisha, thank you so much because you know I love speaking with you and I love the work that you're doing. So I appreciate the invitation. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right, y'all. We will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Remember, I want you to apply these principles in your life every day. But also, I want you to share this podcast with others in your life who you think it could help, a friend, a colleague, or family member. And remember, go hit the subscribe button so you will know when our next episode is released. Finally, I'd really appreciate if you did me a favor and left a review. It really lets others know that this podcast can make a difference in their life as well. See you on the next episode.